Hey guys, welcome to The Message. Monty here, and I'm really excited to be able to talk to you all about praise. Come on. What a great series that we're going through right now. We're talking about praise together. Praise today. We're going to talk about praise in the hard times. So we talked about praise in the good times. We talked about praise in the uncertain times. And today, we're going to talk about what happens when life gets tough. And so that is my title for today's message is, What do we do when life gets hard? The secret is praise. I'm going to give you the answer now. But we're going to talk about praise today. When life is tough, when you are hurting, when things are going wrong, when things are just not happening the way we want it to do, what do we do? And so today, there's a story, an awesome story, one of my favorites actually, in Acts chapter 16, that talks about what do we do in the hard times. So what's happening in this story? We got Paul and Silas, and they're going around, they're on this like missionary journey, they're going to all these places, they're seeing people get freed, seeing people get healed, seeing people's lives being changed by Jesus, they're planting churches, they're raising up leaders, these guys are just doing it all. They're loving it. They're going around doing all these amazing things. And so we have this scene where they're at in this place. And there's this this slave girl that is maybe in the the public area. And she starts following Paul and Silas around. And there's there's something different about this slave girl. And the the thing is that she has, uh, she's possessed by a demon. And that means that she is you know, be able to know all of this, this knowledge that she shouldn't really know. And so she's going around following Paul and Silas day in, day out, every day from morning till evening. She's following them and shouting to other people, these people are going to save you. These people are amazing. You should listen to them, right? It seems kind of harmless, right? But (laughs) I love Paul. He's so funny. Like uh, he gets annoyed. (laughs) He's getting annoyed by this. And maybe the way that she's saying it doesn't sound harmless. Maybe she's saying it in this like super sarcastic way. Like, oh, these guys are going to save you or something like that. Like who knows how she's saying it, but there's something about this event that is really grating on Paul. And so you could imagine every day, without fail, this girl is there following them around, saying all these different things, all right? So Paul has had enough. And so he says, he turns to this girl, they've been ignoring her, turns to this girl, speaks to the demon, not the girl. He says, come out of her. And immediately she's set free. She's set free from this thing. And this is not a friend. This is not like a superpower. This is a bad presence in her life. And Paul sets her free in an instant. Isn't that amazing? Right? You would think everybody would be happy and rejoicing. Yay, another miracle. No, that's not what happens. (laughs) Because this girl had some masters that were using her to be able to tell other people's fortunes. And they were using that to make a lot of money. So you can imagine now she has lost this so-called ability to tell fortunes, to tell people's future. They are super mad. They're coming after Paul and Silas. They incite a riot. And then the whole town is like up in arms. They're getting mad. They're coming after them. They go to this kind of trial thing. And the judge is like, well, I guess you're going to jail. And so they get thrown into jail. Because they did something good. Isn't that weird? Like they did something good and the result they got was jail. (laughs) Straight to jail. 
That's what they got. And so we have this story here that they get convicted and thrown into jail for the night. And in Acts chapter 16, verse 23, it gets even worse. It says, after they had been severely flogged, they were beaten, they were thrown into prison. And the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. So these guys are beaten and now they're in the middle of this jail, probably in the worst cell, maybe the most dirty, maybe the one that has no light. And they're, fa they're clamped into place for doing a good thing. Because they, they healed this girl, because they set this girl free, what they get? is jail, straight to jail. <laughs> and so do bad things happen to good people? Yes. Why do bad things happen to good people? I don't know. But this is the reality of this, this fallen world that we live in is that sometimes there's just gonna be bad things that are out of our control that happen. Like we had this past you know, few years, we had this pandemic. That was something that was out of our control. It was a bad thing. It just happens. You know, sometimes hard things happen in life. Sometimes life is just unfair, just plain and simple. Sometimes things happen and they shouldn't. And that's true. They should not happen. But inevitably, we live in this fallen world, in this world that, you know, we have, you know, all these problems and sin and all this stuff. And, and this is the reality, right? This is the reality of the world we live in. It's not about if something bad is going to happen. It's about when something bad is going to happen. And we don't live our lives in fear of like, well, when is the next thing going to happen? But this is just the reality that we need to understand that life is fair. And so what is Paul and Silas's response to this bad thing, to life being unfair to them, right? This is their response. In uh, verse 25, it says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. You see, their response was praise. They went straight to God. Even though they were thrown into jail, they went to God and they were singing hymns. They were singing praises to God. And so many times in our lives, is this the first thing that we do? Do we go straight to God and say, thank you, Jesus? No, I think it's usually the opposite, isn't it? Usually, I mean, like I'm guilty of this. The first thing that I do when a bad thing happens is I complain. <laughs> I go, God, why? God, why is this happening? This is so unfair. How could you do this? How could you let this happen? And why, why is this happening? Why isn't this happening? Right? Anyone else guilty of that? <laughs> yep, I'm guilty of that. And I think, you know what? Like, this is a pretty natural human response to when life is unfair, to when bad things happen to us when it wasn't really, you know, garnered or it wasn't like, you know, was that supposed to happen to me? Was Paul and Silas supposed to be thrown in jail? No, but this stuff happens. And in the Bible, there's another great guy that I love. Uh, his name is David, King David. And you know, he's pretty flawed. He made some mistakes in his life. But one thing that he did not make a mistake was his attitude of praise. You see, we have a whole book in the Bible called Psalms that is full of David's praises, full of his prayers full of the moments when he is struggling and if you read psalms there's a lot of times where he is saying oh god why is this happening why are these people chasing me why are these people trying to kill me and there's a lot of that going on in david's life 
But the thing about David and his psalms is that even though he'll write a whole psalm about the bad things happening, why is this happening? Why isn't this happening? God, where are you? He'll always have a moment where he flips it and says, but my soul will praise the Lord. And I think that's a beautiful thing. I think it's a beautiful heart that he has. And I want to have more of a heart like that, where even though I can complain and I can get all of my junk out and all of this, this you know, stuff out, and I might complain and say things, but at the end of that, I want to make sure that I don't end in that spot of complaining, in that spot of bitterness, in that spot of, you know what, life is unfair and so forget about this, forget about you. No, I want to get to that place that David gets to of, but I will praise the Lord, but my soul will praise the Lord. So that's the first thing I want to say today, guys, is that praise is a choice. You see, praise is not the natural thing that we do, right? Complaining is the natural thing that we do. Praise is a choice that we make despite our complaining, despite the bad situation, despite the unfair thing that is happening in our life. Praise is a choice to actively and consciously say, but I will praise the Lord, right? What I love about Paul and Silas is that I think they've had plenty of hard times in their life, in their journeys. They've had plenty of hard times. It looks like they kind of just skipped the complaining part and went straight to the praise part. These guys are seasoned veterans. They know the drill. Oh, looks like I'm in jail again. Looks like I got beaten again. Time to praise the Lord. <laughs> what absolute legends these men are. They just skipped the whole complaining bit and went straight to the praise part. Wow, wouldn't you like to be able to live at that level of life where, oh, well, I guess this happened. Oh, I guess that happened. And that's not fair. And that that's pretty bad. But I'm just going to skip to the part where I praise God. I'm going to skip the whole part where I feel bad and I feel sorry for myself. And, you know, I go through the emotions. We're going to skip that. And we're going to go right to praising God. Man, what a, what a target. What a, what a zone for us to aim for, to shoot for. I want to be like that in my life, you know? But I'm still pretty human. I still go through the complaining part. So, wherever we are in the spectrum, let us make that conscious choice that I'm going to praise God even in the hard parts. Because when, when life is good, life is good, <laughs> right? Life is, e it's easy to praise God and like, thank you, Jesus, all this good stuff is happening. I just got a job, got a promotion, you know, my, my mom got this amazing thing in her life or I just got a girlfriend or a boyfriend or just had a baby. Like, thank you, Jesus, all these amazing things. But we don't do that when the hard times are happening. And so when, when, the, when it's good, it's easy to say, yeah, God, I'm going to worship you. Yeah, God, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to put you first. I'm going to journal. I'm going to pray. I'm going to spend time with you. But when it's hard, are we still making those same decisions? Are we still able to say, God, I will still go to church even when it's hard? God, I will still pray. I will still journal even when I'm hurting. This is what praise looks like. It's an active choice to put God first. And when I'm struggling to understand that I'm, I'm not praising God because He does good things for me, although that is one reason. I'm praising God that He is with me even when it's tough, even when I hurt, 
Even when life is unfair, I praise God because He is still with me. You know, a few years ago, I got the amazing opportunity to go to Uganda and go to the Watoto village that we have there. And as Lifehouse Church, we have the great privilege to be able to help support the ministry of Watoto in Uganda. And they help uh, not just orphans, but they also recently are helping, you know, uh, mothers that are going through pregnancies. There's no father in the picture. They don't have job. They don't have income. They're helping not just children, but the entire family, the entire household. But they do also have a big focus on helping these children who may be orphaned or maybe the, the parents had to give them up. They can't take care of them. And so this Watoto ministry is also a church, but this ministry where they, they build up these incredible little champions was something amazing that we got to be able to go there and experience firsthand. And I remember going to this village and mind you, these, the, all these kids there, they don't have parents. They're not in their life. And so they don't have parents. They don't have this upbringing that most of us are privileged to have. And these kids, they don't have washing machines, guys. Like they don't have like basic things. These kids were the most, the most joyful kids I've ever seen in my life. Because even though they lacked certain things that we would say that we need, even though they lacked that, they were so full of joy. They were so happy. And this was this shook me to see, wow, this is what praise looks like. Is that these kids have the most reason to be bitter, to be angry, to be mad at the world, to be mad at other people in their life. These, re these kids have a reason to be mad. And yet they choose joy. They choose praise. They give thanks to God because He is with them, because He loves them. And I was so inspired by these kids that would come with these big smiles and say, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a pilot. I want to be a politician. They had these amazing dreams. And Watoto's been doing this for many years. And now we're seeing kids who have grown up and entering into adulthood who are doing those very things that they said they would do when they're eight. It is beautiful. It is amazing. It is a picture of praise that I think us in these third world nations can look at and learn a valuable lesson. Is that it's not about the things that we have in our life that should cause us to praise. It's about having Jesus in our life that should cause us to praise. And that is the lesson I learned from these beautiful children in Watoto. And so I want to encourage all of us as well that we too can choose praise no matter what we're going through. And I'm saying all of this not to belittle or, or underestimate the, the hard times that we are going through, that we do experience in life. I understand that we go through painful things, but I want to encourage you guys, no matter what we're going through, we can choose praise. We can choose Jesus. We can choose to give God glory and honor. And so let's choose praise. And so what do we do uh, when, we, when, when life is tough, we praise God. And that's what happened in this story. They praised God. And then what happened? Right? They praised God in the hard time. And this happened in verse 26. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prisoners, not just Paul and Silas, all the prisoners, their prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The second thing I want to say is that praise releases miracles. 
See, Paul and Silas, they were praising God and God showed up in a powerful way. And this is like, I'm not trying to say praise is like some kind of like magic lamp that we rub and then all of a sudden we get what we ask for. Oh God, help me. Boom. Oh, here you go. All of a sudden. No, no, no. That's not how it works. You see, they weren't praising God to get out of jail. They were praising God because God was with them in the jail. It wasn't a get out of jail free card, <laughs> literally. <laughs> it was a God, you are with me and we're still going to praise you because you are still good, even in this hard time. And in the midst of their praise, God did a miracle. And so it's a beautiful thing to see. But sometimes I feel like when, we, when we're praying for something, when we're believing for something and it gets tough and it gets hard and we don't see that result, we don't see the miracle that we're praying for, we give up. But we just kept on praising then that miracle might be just around the bend it might be just one or two more praises away from happening in your life that's why we, we can't give up guys we've got to keep on praising God praising him worshiping him saying God you are good and I will worship you I will praise you until we see that breakthrough happen and that's what happened with these guys because you know what I think I don't think that these guys were thrown into prison at 11:45 p.m. and then they did the 15-minute worship session and then the miracle happened I think they were thrown in this prison hours earlier these guys are hurting they're bleeding they're bruised their legs are stuck in these clamps these guys I think would have been praising God for hours Maybe this happened at 9 a.m. <laughs> Maybe it happened at 1 p.m. You know, we don't know when they were thrown in prison, but I believe that they were thrown in prison sometime during the day, and they've been praising until midnight. Wow, do we have the endurance to praise more than 15 minutes? <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That praise is not just the three songs that we sing in the Sunday morning set. Praise is saying, God... I still believe in you. I'm still going to worship you. You are still with me, even when it's hard. And these guys were hurting and it was hard. But it says, you know, all the prisoners were listening. They were listening to Paul and Silas's prayer. What I think is because they were in there for such a long time, is that maybe because these are prisoners, so they're maybe not the most savory of characters, maybe at the beginning when Paul and Silas started to praise God, that they said, be quiet. They said, stop that. Hey, we don't want to hear any of that. Hey, you need to stop that. Hey, be quiet. You don't have any right <laughs> to be praising God. Maybe the prisoners started out that way. But Paul and Silas didn't listen. And they kept on praising. And the prisoners were listening to see what would happen. God can move in the hardest of moments. And people are listening. People are paying attention to what happens. And you know what? Like uh, about a year, two years ago, uh, me and Melissa, after getting married for about a year, we, we bought a house, right? And we were so happy about this. This was a dream. It was a dream of ours to be able to own a house in Tokyo. And so it was this kind of like miracle that we were able to find this place. And then it was you know, building from the ground up. And so we had this amazing opportunity to be able to design the house ourselves. Like this was a dream. Like who gets to design their own house. We were so happy and we spent an entire year planning and, and putting things into perspective and deciding and, and dreaming and pouring our heart in. We would go to the area and walk around and we'd be like, yeah, one day we're going to have kids and they're going to play in this park. 
and we're going to go to the river and have barbecues. And we're going to do, and we were dreaming this entire life. And then when we moved in, the day that we moved in, our house was situated not that close, but kind of close to a Shinkansen train line, about 100 meters away. And so when we bought the house, they told us there might be some sound. And we we're like, yeah, well, you know, we're not too bothered by that. But what they didn't tell us is that the whole house would shake every time the Shinkansen went by. And so our, our big happy moment, we move in and we're like, yes, this is our dream house. And we get there and the whole thing is shaking. And we're like, what? 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 What do we do? And it's shaking from the morning. We're waking up to these, feels like little earthquakes every 15 minutes. <laughs> and we're like, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? Like, we can't even relax in our own home. I'm not excited to go home. This big dream that we had is completely gone. It was completely shattered. And I remember, you know, I had all these dreams about doing these DIY projects. So I drove this little car to the, uh, the DIY store. And I remember parking my car. It at the store and just breaking down, just crying my eyes out and complaining to God, saying, God, why? And I think I said, God, haven't I given you everything? Haven't I given you my entire life? Isn't everything I do for you and this one thing, this one thing that I was praying for, that I had this dream for, like that, that's taken away. God, why? Like, why does that happen? And in that moment, I had my little, my little spiel my little complain. And I'm like, what am I going to do now? And I played some worship music and I worshiped God in that moment. I had to make a decision that either this is going to break me or this is going to make me. And so I decided, God, I'm going to worship you. I'm going to just whatever it is, God, God, help us. <laughs> I think that was my prayer. And then I went into the store and I bought all my wood. <laughs> I went home and I made some closets. <laughs> But then I remember, like, as, our, as we were home, we were like, what are we going to do? Either we're going to get used to this or we're going to sell the house. And we decided to sell the house <laughs> after living there for about a week. <laughs> but God was with us even when we bought it, even when we sold it. God helped us. He opened doors. He made this miracle happen. We were able to do it in good time and everything worked out just fine. <laughs> and I praise God for that. And because of that, we were blessed and we had another opportunity to buy an apartment. And we're very happy now all of that is sorted. But that was a very hard moment for us. And in that moment, we had to choose that we're going to let this thing take over us or we're going to praise God. And actually, you know that song that we sing, Hold to You? I wrote that song in that moment in the shower when I was complaining to God. <laughs> I was complaining to God and I was like, God, why is this happening? God, why are you doing this? And I had this revelation in the shower, God saying, it's not me. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute. God is not the one that's trying to hurt me. This is the devil. The devil is the one that's trying to break me down. Now, it obviously was allowed to happen, which is, I guess, God giving us credit saying, you're ready for this challenge. You're ready for this moment. But I had this moment where I had to realize that it's not God's fault. That stuff just happens and the devil's going to try to use stuff that happens to pull me away from God. And so I'm like, I'm going to fight back. 
I'm going to write some worship songs. I'm going to praise you, Jesus. I'm going to do the exact opposite of what the devil wants. I'm going to help people. I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to do the things that you didn't want me to do, devil, so that I'm going to overcome the situation. And now we're in a very happy situation. But you know what? Life is tough sometimes. Hard things happen. Both my grandma and Melissa's grandma, they also passed away during the same time. It was COVID and we didn't get to see them. We didn't get to say goodbye. And this is happening and this is happening and this is happening. And so many things were going on all at the same time. And it's easy to ask God why. But we had to make a decision. I'm going to praise God anyway. And when we turn up to Sunday, it's about praising God and it's about helping people. I'm not turning up to Sunday to try to get, oh, I'm so, isn't my life tough? Isn't it sad? No, I'm there to worship God. I'm there to help some people. I'm there to see people's lives touched and impacted by Jesus. And we had to make decisions to praise. We had to make decisions to put God first. And I believe that those decisions help make an impact in other people's lives. You see, the prisoners in this story, their lives were impacted by Paul and Silas not quitting, not giving up, not listening to the negative voices, not saying like, hey guys, I believe in Jesus. Oh no, that's, don't, don't do that. Don't talk about that. Don't, don't bring that here. They didn't listen to those voices. They continued to praise God because despite the negative voices, they said, God is with me. God is with you. Wherever you are, in your family, in your friendship group, at your school, at your workplace, God is with you. And no matter what the environment is around you, you can praise. You can put God first. And people are watching how you live your life. They are watching to see the decisions that we make. And we are human and we will stumble and fall sometimes. But we need to get back up and we need to keep on praising God. Because even if you fall, it's okay. But we got to get back up because that's the part where people see. That's the part that's going to impact some lives. And that's the part that impacted the lives of the people in this story. <laughs> the prisoners, they didn't run away. Their chains and their doors fell off. And they stayed. Isn't that crazy? You would think these hardened prisoners, they'd be like, <laughs> see ya. And they would try to escape immediately. No, they didn't do that. And the best part of this story is how it impacts the jailer. This is a hardened man. This is a, a tough man. And in verse 27, just as I finish, I'm going to finish with this beautiful ending to the story of praise. It says, The jailer woke up. When he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, Don't harm yourself! We are all here. Not just Paul and Silas. We are all here. Because if one prisoner escaped, this man would be executed. It's not just like, Oh, you're fired. It's like, No. You dead. <laughs> so this man was like, rather than that, I'm just going to take my own life. And Paul said, stop. We're all here. We're still in this moment. The jailer called for the lights and rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. And he then brought them out and asked them, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Sirs, what is it that you have that makes you different? Sirs, what is it that makes you like this? How can this happen? How can these miracles happen? What is it that you have? And how can I have it? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. And at that hour of the night, the jailer took them 
washed their wounds, and immediately he and his whole household were baptized. When I say household, it's not like mom and dad and two kids. It's like the servants. It's the, the extended family. There's probably like 50 people that's involved in this story. You and your whole household. The jailer brought them into the house and set a meal before them. And he was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God. He and his whole household. This is the beautiful impact of praise. Is that people's lives can be changed for eternity. And this man and his entire household, he was a hard man. This probably was not a good guy. But his life was radically changed. And to you today watching as well, if you want to change in your life, if you don't know Jesus, then this is what you must do as well. To, in order to be saved, in order to get out of this loop of pain and hurt, all you need to do is believe in Jesus. And so right now, I want to take a moment to pray for two groups of people. So why don't we close our eyes and let's pray together. The first group is for people who want to make more of a conscious decision to, to praise God, to choose God, even when it's tough. And so if that's you, why don't you raise your hand or you choose in your heart and let's pray together. God, I thank you for these people. I thank you that you're always with us, that you're always by our side. You're always there to help us and support us and give us strength when we need it. And God, I pray for anyone that's hurting, I pray that you would heal them. Anyone that is struggling with, with, with stuff, I pray that you would give them freedom, God. Freedom of, of not just body, but of, of mind, any mental issues, God. I pray that you would free people from those as well. And God, I pray that you would help us to have the attitude of Paul and Silas that no matter what is happening, God, that we're still going to choose you. We're still going to go to church. We're still going to journal. We're still going to pray, even when it's hard. And even if we complain and we get it all out, God, I pray that we would come to that point where we would say, but my soul will praise the Lord, God. I pray that you build that, that gut, that steel in our soul, that we would be able to be such warriors, to be able to say, God, even in the hard times, I choose you and I thank you that you are with me in the hard time. God, I thank you so much. And everyone said, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. And like I said, lastly, if you don't know Jesus yet, today is the day that you can make a decision to believe in Him and He will come into your life and He will change you like He changed that jailer. Like He changed not just the jailer, but His entire household. God wants to impact you. He wants to fill you with His love. And that's why Jesus came to this earth because He loves us. He died for us and He rose again and He's alive today and He wants to save you. And so if that's you, I'm going to count to three. I'm going to say now. And if you want to make a decision to believe in God or come back to Him, when I say now, I'm going to ask you to make that decision. Are you ready? Three, two, one, now. Why don't you make that decision? Come on. Let me just pray for you that made that decision. God, I thank you for these amazing people that may be asking this question, what can I do to be saved, God? And I pray right now they would believe in you and you would come into their life in a powerful way that you would wipe them clean from all of their sins, all of their mistakes, all of their pain from the past. And I pray, God, that you would fill them with your love, with your healing, with your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Fantastic. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's message on praise. If you missed any others, make sure you check out our YouTube and find all of these amazing messages that will bless your life. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.